0: right JD it's that time again time to let go and get perplexed
1: perplexity in the morning no better way to start
0: the day. that's right you know what I don't know if you ever listened to um, Scott Adams yeah his podcast no he's probably like not well I know his stuff is like probably not so aligned with your you know philosophies but he has he calls it the the simultaneous sip where you know he has everyone like okay like get your favorite beverage, you know, coffee, right? And everyone together, like, take, you, know, you take a sip. I mean, I never, I've never actually done that, but, um, so I feel like we could have like our simultaneous moment of complexity. Mm. Per- 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 perplexity. Perplexity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sip. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I think it's happening already anyway. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, we are talking this week about, again continuing our, our conversation about relationships and you know our last episode we spoke about the impact of negative feelings on relationships and now we're going to be a little more positive we're going to talk about about how positive feelings can affect others so one thing that i that i uh, hawkins says that he talks about the impact of, of the feeling of connectedness and he says that when our inner feelings are peacefulness, serenity, tranquility, stillness, openness, simplicity, the effect on the other person is to increase their awareness along with our own. And says in their relationship with us, they will feel joined and they will identify with us. So to me, this was like very interesting about this idea of connection and how, like when you approach someone, first of all, it's not necessarily that, that you're feeling peace towards them, although it also also you feel that way, but it's about feeling peaceful inside yourself, right? And feeling just that that calm, you know, and, and peace within yourself, that that people who you interact with will feel a sense may feel a sense of connection with you, just because of your state of of being. Right? And I was thinking about that, and you know, when I've met. Yeah, I've met you know, some people and probably not a lot, but but when you when you meet like holy people, um and in general, like why you have such a thing as a guru? Like why does someone find a holy person and then say, Oh wow, I'm going to spend the rest of my life, you know, just trying to touch the feet of this person. Right? Like, why is that the impact, right? When but there's something that's very attractive. And attracting about that state of of inner peace. So, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, any experience that you've had with with that? You know, with with um, others or that, that you've seen. But that was very interesting. The idea of of this ultimate state of, of peace being attracting.
1: I feel like that's something. Uh, I've heard people say with, uh, with animals, that animals kind of gravitate towards people who kind of exude feelings of, of peace and calm, uh, whether it's in general in a particular or in a particular moment. Um, And, you know, I guess we all have our experiences, but that's, that seemed true. That seems true of my, my experience. Uh, And I think in an, Human animals are different in many, many ways than than other animals, but I think there's something, there's something there. There is some sort of attractive force uh, to that to that calming energy. I think something about it that also speaks to me or, or comes up for me is beings who are more at peace. It feels like they want less from me Mm. i I notice i have a i can sometimes have strong reactions when i feel like someone wants something from me or is trying to push something on me and i know we get into this later in the chapter but from from one originator to another kind of people who who are salesy in in Mm. any any which way to me that is kind of like an instant i can feel myself closing and shutting down and i'm not saying it's necessarily the opposite of of peace but an aspect of this peaceful quality that he talks about in this chapter is really not feeling like you need anything or trying to get anything from someone or looking for something from them if anything you're offering something gently uh to another person and and i do think that feels like a very Safe and attractive quality in a way that someone who is pushing some kind of an uh, agenda to to me and maybe to a lot of other people doesn't feel particularly peaceful or or safe. Yeah.
0: Have you found any change? Yeah, I mean we've been like we were just talking before about how we've been doing this for I don't know maybe it's nine months or so um and have you found any change to like your approach with other people in terms of that like giving versus asking like anything you've noticed in terms of like your how you interface with other people Mm. um and i think probably today i consider you kind of a natural giver so i think part of this is you know me i know that we can kind of credit you know this this um letting go journey with all
1: that, but, but I'm, I'm curious if you, if you've noticed anything. Mm. Oh, I, I appreciate that. I, I do think it's heightened my awareness of what's happening in, in interactions with, with me and with other people. And even as someone who maybe, you know, errs on or leans on or is brought up on the, the giving side of things, just recognizing when I actually do want something from someone else, because there are many times that I do like in, in business. And we he gets into this in the chapter. And, and I think it's actually something we may have referenced before that in our Sandler sales training, um, mm-hmm. talk about the goal of any sales call is not to close the sale, but to qualify the prospect to see if mm-hmm. there's even really an opportunity there for there to be some you know transfer some transaction or relationship to to take place and uh noticing that and at the same time noticing like yeah and that that's true and there are some times when I do notice myself like yeah I do want to land this client or this deal or convince this this lender that in fact this is a transaction they should fund and and just noticing that in myself or even in more kind of pickyune uh interactions with people of noticing like oh yeah i kind of want this person to like me or laugh at my joke or think that i'm clever and just seeing that uh seeing that arise in myself has been uh i don't know i think it's been illuminating and yeah. and just in that noticing uh, it changes, it doesn't necessarily change my behavior. I mean, maybe sometimes it does, but it changes my relationship to it. And as I see it, it's easier to detach a little bit from whatever my desire or desired outcome is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For me, like, I also, like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's more recently, but maybe in general, like, I think I'm kind of a more natural giver. The yeah, other certain people how when you get a text message for them, like, you know, you see their name come up and you know, there's an ask, oh, like, Totally. you know, so I, I think in general, like when people see a text message from, from me, like, usually, I mean, it's hardly ever an ask, right. It's usually something, some kind of like idea that I'm sharing or some, you know, just, but it's something where it's like, oh, I thought this person would appreciate this. You know, know, when you you and I text over the course of a week, like it's like, oh, I saw this quote, like I thought you would appreciate it, right? It's that kind of of stuff, right? Now, that is that I think is, I mean, largely positive, but I also wonder, but then I wonder, well, am I doing it because I want to add value or because I want to get their response telling me that I've added value, you know, mm-hmm. so like in, and I find this like in conversation, like in just normal conversations that I have, like, I feel like every conversation that I have with someone, like I'm looking for my, for like the hole in the defense, Like where can I add value, right? Like what's some, you know, some mm-hmm. idea, you know, that, that it's like, oh, well, have you thought about that? Or what about this? Right. So, but I'm wondering if that's the, but then I wonder, is, is it, um, is there a neediness in that? You know in wanting to be perceived as someone who has interesting ideas right and mm-hmm. it's helpful you know so i guess maybe we just maybe that's just kind of getting in my head too much well i guess the other part of that, that i was going to get to is that as far as like asking like asking is something that, I, that i'm like not comfortable with like that's like i'm a horrible negotiator for my <laughs> for myself you know um like i just i'm not and don't feel comfortable like asking for you know mm-hmm. for for my myself um so that is also which is not that's not a positive either you know so what do you think that like balances i know we you know we've we talked a little bit about just how you approach negotiations like in your own business which you know which has grown you know really amazingly over, the, over over you know since you started it but that balance of like giving versus wanting Mm. like it's it's okay to want also so I'm not I'm not being very clear in my communication of this but like any part of that thread you want to
1: pick up. Yeah, that I mean that totally resonates and I feel caught in that tension a lot too. the the rabbit hole of you know uh, desiring not to desire wanting not Mm. to want needing not to need it's like ah what what (laughs) um but something that for me felt like a a breakthrough in, in my therapy journey when i started was recognizing the wants and that it was okay as a human to have wants and have needs and to ask for them and to strive for them and also okay not to get them Hmm. and you know some things are easier and harder in which to be disappointed and again in some way what sort of humans would we be if we didn't have wants or desires or wishes or heartbreaks when some of those things were let down and met but uh at least the the awareness of knowing oh okay this is something I want to your point and like I was saying sometimes I'm like oh yeah I'm looking I want this person to think that I'm funny or, or clever or good at my job or successful and in recognizing that and seeing it it just somehow creates a little space between me and and the want and that feels like in some way, the only thing to do because pretending that I don't have them or burying them under some ideas about like altruism or what it is to be a good or a better human that doesn't feel honest or healthy or, or what is either. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of like actually, and I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but in I'm I'm doing a a course in, in miracles, the workbook, and I think, let's see what day it is exactly but today's uh, practice is uh at lesson 27 above all else i want to see and it's almost it feels like uh, for me this idea of desiring not to desire like wishing i didn't have these wants or needs or like wow wouldn't it be great if i were the kind of human who really didn't need or want anything from anyone else Maybe, but recognizing that's not actually what my experience is. That's Mm -hmm. some, you know, fantasy, spiritual fantasy I have, and actually desiring to see above all else I want to see, you know, the Anthony DeMello awareness, awareness, awareness. That's all that we can, that's all that we're asked or called, I think, to bring to the present moment. So Mm -hmm. recognizing, okay yeah, there's a part of me that wishes that I didn't want this person to think that I'm really helpful and kind and generous and gracious. Uh, There's also a part of me that really does want that from them. Yeah. And then whether or not, uh, like Michael Singer says, whether or not, you know, in that moment of deciding, so what do I do? Do I then do the kind of gracious, you know, whatever, do I add value? Do I look for that value at whole? Or maybe I don't that doesn't even matter so much whether you do or don't it's in that moment being aware of like ah look at this how interesting a part of me really needs this person's approval and a part of me really wishes i didn't yeah and right right that that, that's
0: it right right and that's it and then
1: and then whatever right and then whatever the actual path we take like either way is cool. So, okay. So you recognize it, you go ahead and add value. Great. Self-aware, you know, you're doing it or maybe once in a while you pull back and actually you don't like jump in and somehow yeah. save the day or do something and you, and you see what happens and like, yeah. I don't know, maybe the interaction goes sideways and like, okay, that's probably why you were trained up to add value. Or maybe it yeah. is actually perfectly pleasant anyway, or yeah, who knows what.
0: Yeah. I do feel like at the end of the day, like we're, you know, this, it's a um, it's kind of like how how, you know, like the Israelites like after they left Egypt. So it says like in the in the Torah that like there was a short there was a shorter way to go to you know to go directly from, I mean, Egypt is on the Israeli border, right? But God was worried that if they if they uh came in contact with like and you know with other forces that would attack them they would then retreat and go back to egypt so you took them like along this like long and winding road right and i feel like it, a little bit we do the same thing with our spiritual journey it's like it's you know when, when you when you find we take these like long and winding circuitous roads that are like all go you know it's like but then you realize that it was for people who have arrived there you know it's like wait a second it's like that's all I had to do was open my, my eyes. Um there's another part where, where like Moses is admonishing like the 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 Israelite people and says like 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 Mahashem yeah, Shoel like what is God asking from you except to to well the word is yeah which means fear but also to see right yeah ooh. and so I I sent I sent to uh I I had uh, mentioned this to someone that, that, like, I think you could, like, kind of parse a sentence to like, like, what does God ask you, except to see, right? Just open your eyes, right? It's not, this is awareness, (laughs) awareness, awareness, right? Um, Hmm. Yeah, one of the, um, you know, it's it's very, also when it comes to feelings about others, it's very easy for us to, um, it becomes about the other person, right? It's like this other person is being rude. And what the heck does the matter with them? Or like they're being disrespectful, or don't they, you know, they're they're idiots, right? Um, and why are they acting to me this this way? There's an interesting exercise that I, I like that Hawkins mentions, which is says imagine that the other person can can see exactly what you're thinking about that, right? And so they can they can they can hear it, it's it's very clear, they hear exactly what you're thinking about that. Right. Now put yourself in their shoes and imagine how you would react, seeing that billboard of your emotions on your on your forehead. Right. Ooh. And now does that like, does that make and usually it'll make sense, right? This person who's being slow at the checkout counter or whatever, right? and maybe they're like being rude. And then you think about, well, what am I thinking about them? It's like, well, I'm thinking, gosh, they're so incompetent and lazy, right? <laughs> You know and then well then why do i expect that this person is going to be kind and considerate to me when this is like what she, what i'm saying without without saying it yeah so hmm. um that is yeah to me that's like a really interesting exercise yes you know, and it's to just be aware of and it, i think it also helps us become more aware of what we're actually thinking you
1: know, in, in that moment. Hmm. Wow. What a, a scary and beautiful thought exercise. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Wow. Well, it it makes so much sense, and you know, back and forth between the two parts. This chapter of the positive emotions and negative emotions with in in relationship with with other people. This idea that we are. Um, we are sort of really creating our relationships in a lot of ways by just how we hold uh, that other that other person. And uh, when we, <laughs> going back to animals, I guess, I don't know, this comes easier to me, but all the years that I didn't have cats or know anything about cats I, mean, I' like thought they were fine animals mildly allergic but otherwise like one way or another didn't have much of an opinion but since kind of falling into cat daddyship um i now feel like i am just like in love with cats and they it, it feels like they feel that
0: and anyone
1: whose cat I meet anywhere, I meet cats on the street, I meet cat like my friends, and they just like they're just like coming out of the woodwork and coming on over. And I think again, differently maybe with, with human animals, but still just some. I don't know what we want to call it energetic vibrational like if the cat's reading whatever the billboard on my forehead it, it is one of like admiration and respect and understanding and joy and I think that really does change uh or, or not just change it 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 creates the relationship mm. and the and the container and maybe looking at it from the flip side and asking this question to to both of us and to our our listeners, have you ever, and and I think maybe this was a version of what you asked me earlier talking about a guru and whether it's a guru or just someone who loves you, but have you ever been looked at by someone in such a way that you really just feel like, wow, about yourself because you can see how the other person, whether whether it's maybe a, a grandparent or or lover or a dear friend or a mentor but someone who really just looked at you like you were again quoting Ram Dass or maybe RuPaul or both you were god and drag yeah and it yeah. makes you feel that, it makes you feel that way it makes you feel capable and confident and creative and and empowered
0: yeah, there, there's a book I was just looking up, I forgot the name of it, but it's called Wired for Love mm. um, uh, by Stan Tatkin, T-A-T-K-I-N. Uh, you know, one of the things that he talks about is this idea of a couple bubble. He says that right, there's this whole idea that, that people have now of like, oh, you know, I need to like work on myself first and like then I'll be ready for mm. to be part of a couple or to be with someone. Right. And he said that, that, that whole idea of isolated self-esteem is not a reality. Yeah, you know, he so said that, that, you know, from the time that you're a baby, right. And you're, you have your, it's the mother and the child. Right. But the way that people develop self-esteem is that, is that they see it mirrored back to them. Mm. Right. So it, it could be, it doesn't have to be a parent, right. It could be a, a coach, you know, that, that's that, 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 see something or a teacher or Hmm. a friend, right. But it's, you see someone else who's treating you a particular way that with respect and with, and, and, you know, with, um, acceptance and love. Right. And that allows you to feel love for yourself. Yeah. So I, I do think that that's very, very true. Like that's, you know, we probably, you know, if if you're, if you're lucky, you have some of those people in your, in your life, if you're really lucky, like they would be like your parent, but I feel right. like there's so much, the parent-child relationship is in many regards, like conditional. Mm. Yeah. Because you have expectations of them. Right. So it's, I mean, you have to work, you have, both you have to ways. work your, yeah.
1: both ways. Right.
0: And I think, look, I mean, one of the things that I've worked on a lot is to try to make my love like more un, unconditional, you know, and I, I've came from a far away and just like kind of accepting my kids as they are and you know, that, that that's it. But, um, that's work, it's, it's maybe easier if it's like a grandparent or an uncle or aunt or a teacher. And then you're, you're attracted to those people. Um, one of the, Hawkins also said that, that when you feel positively like that, it, it increases the other person's self-esteem, which, which is in line with I think what you're, what you're saying, right? Because like those people like feel like, oh yeah, like I, I am pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that which is a conclusion you
1: might not come, just you know, in your own head. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And and I think that kind of interconnectedness. It's this obviously. These chapters towards the end of the book, but just feels so important. To, again, being such a social, relational species um being so dependent for the first few years of our lives on others just feels like such an important reminder and um was T- tatkin was that the, the author tatkin. yeah Tatkin. yeah this idea of kind of growth through relationship mm-hmm. uh feels hugely important to me and a part of my whatever spiritual personal growth journey that i am find myself opening up to more and more and i think um and for those of you who listened to our sarayu khavit regular episode uh hearing her talk about her time 15 years in an ashram and not being allowed to have any uh, close personal relationships. And I don't know if that's true of every ashram or all forms of, of uh, Buddhism, but this, this ashram she was at in particular and hearing how from her, it, it sounded like she was really starved for mm-hmm. this kind of relational growth or, or love even. And hearing her talk about her guru feels so, so different from hearing Ram Dass talk about his. And hmm sounds like ramdas's relationship with his guru he talks all the time about guru love and this unconditional love and he finally met someone in his life who truly saw him and loved him and i did not get that uh impression from from sarah's story uh and all this winding road to say that for me it's Become increasingly alive and important when I think of my growth and my path, thinking of it in relationship, whether it's this podcast and you know, our relationship or uh, my romantic relationships or my familial relationships or my friends, or even the relationship with uh with my therapist or the idea of a therapist as sort mm-hmm. of uh ersatz guru or you know, someone who can help you be in relationship. And be in relationship to and with uh, yourself, yeah. Which which is also a relationship and something when we talk about in spiritual communities or contexts, right? There's like a you that's a watcher or an experiencer or some observer of other parts of oneself or an IFS, the idea of multiple parts. That's relational, mm-hmm. uh, and not not losing sight that that is some kind of a interconnected. A relationship and trying to, I don't know, do growth or spirituality without it feels to me like a big, a big miss. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's like a visual that comes to mind. So I'll try and for size with you, but you know, you know, like the, the classic, uh, example that they give about like priorities, right? So they have a big jar like, and you put in these big rocks into mm. it. Right. And you ask the kids like, all right, like, is this full? Yeah, it's full. Right. and then you put in pebbles right and the pebbles fill in right and then you put in sand then you put in water right and so in the physical world if you if there's emptiness right then there's room for more right but i think when it comes to human relationships like i think when your heart is full is when you have the most amount of space Mm. For, for others. Yeah. And when your heart is like, when you feel like someone whose heart is like half full, right. All, ironically, like they're don't have as much room for, for others. And it's like when you when your heart is overflowing,
1: that's when you have more, mm. more space. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it reminds me of the the adage: if you want something done right, give it to someone who's like a busy mm. uh, person, because it'll get done uh, yeah. somehow. That does uh, generate more more love, more space. Yeah. Well, on that note yeah as good as good an ending point as any overflowing hearts take that image with you into the rest of your day and and your week if you can that's right and may your heart run it over (laughs) amen (laughs) amen and if not that's okay too that's okay too that's okay too too. all right until next time my friends stay perplexed my friends